Today, on Grace to the Hearers with Pastor Eric Kluth. We sin, but instead of confessing our sin and asking Jesus to forgive us, we try to fix the situation that we've created. Hey, I've sinned, so I'm going to go to church this week. I'm going to, in fact, I'm going to commit God that I'm going to go to church for a month. That should take care of it. <laughs> Guys, Israel messed up. They shouldn't have taken this oath. But instead of repenting, they got more involved with sin. And that's exactly what we can easily fall into. Penance is nothing new. For thousands of years, people have attempted to make right their wrongs by what they think is an equal measure of good. Friends, this is impossible. We can never make up for our sins, no matter how many church services we attend. We must place our faith in Jesus. Now, here's Pastor Eric with today's study. If we trust in God, then we don't have to lean on our own understandings. Because, well, why? Because you trust in God. It's a brilliant concept. And that right there, my friends, my family, is where I struggle with. I struggle with not leaning on my own understanding. So oftentimes in my life, I try to figure it out. Why is this being going, why is this going on? Why is this being said? What is going on here? How do we minister to these people here? And when you rely on your own understandings, let me tell you, it's tiring. It wears you out. It burns you out. But then when you actually just sit back and say, I trust you, God, that you have this, and that you are faithful, like what we were singing, right? I know that it's going to be all right. But why do we get in the way? I'm tired of getting in the way. I know why we get in the way, because we still live in the flesh. But we need to deny the flesh. We need to crucify the flesh. And we need to acknowledge Him in all our ways. Acknowledge God in all of our ways. God, how does this look? But what about this situation that I'm going into? You know, at the, in the men's retreat this weekend, we, we, one of the pastors was saying, you know what, you don't have to wait for a, a special service to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. You can ask for it. And you can ask for a filling of God's Spirit. God, fill me in this situation. How many of us do that before we enter in a situation? We, I can't say we, a lot of times I don't. I try to go into the situation trying to jump to the, the mat of conclusions and try to figure it out. Meanwhile, my stomach is all knotted up, I have a headache, and I feel like I have heartburn. But if I would have just asked God to just fill me with His Spirit and give me the wisdom that He has, instead of speaking out of turn and just listening and leaning on the guiding of the Holy Spirit, I move in my flesh. And I know that I can't be, my, be the only one out here. But we need to acknowledge God in all of our activities. Do you involve God in all your activities? Because if you do, what does it say in Proverbs? That He will direct your what? Paths. And that we must not be wise in our own eyes, meaning that you think you've got it all figured out. You don't. That's why you came to Jesus, because you don't have it figured out. How do we involve God in all of our activities? 
Seeking Him. Seeking His Word. I love what the psalmist said in Psalm 119. He says it should be on the screen. Direct my steps by your word and let no, one, and let no iniquity have dominion over me. Direct my steps by your word. Trust in God and He will give us the path. He will guide, He will direct your path. Direct your, our steps by the word of God. I believe most of us probably do this. We probably seek the word of God. We read it. And we even pray. Hey, that's great. I'm glad you read. I'm glad you pray. But is your heart in those times when you're reading? Or are you just trying to knock it off on the, the checklist on the bookmark that you're reading through the, the, book, the, the, the Bible in a year and so you're done with it? Yeah, I read today. Great. <laughs> I know God's Word doesn't return void, but... Man, take those opportunities to get fed and to get filled up and get your, your marching orders for the day or for the night, whenever you open up the Word. We read and we pray, and I read and I, and I pray, seeking God, but then how many of us wait on the Lord to teach us? Oh, I just read, you know, Judges 21. Didn't really apply to me. Well, I didn't wait. How many of us wait for God to speak back to us? Because we live in a culture that does not wait. <laughs> Your culture that you live in, believe it or not, does not like to wait. You stand in line for a coffee, and it's like three deep, and you're like, I gotta go, man, I can't wait anymore. This is crazy. Can you believe that there's three people in line? I've gotta go. We're so busy. I would say that was probably, that is probably one of the major hindrances to the church in America is our fast paced culture. And it's easy to conform to the culture, isn't it? Isn't it easy to conform to the culture of fast paced living? I can go to a drive through and I don't even have to take my wallet out anymore. I can give them my phone for them to scan it. I don't have to go 10 inches. You know, we're so we can easily conform to that. And I'm not saying that that's bad, but it is bad when we take our fast paced culture into our relationship with God. We must wait on the Lord. We must wait on the Lord. Because when God speaks, it's beautiful, man. It's life changing. The Bible tells us to wait on the Lord. Did you know that? Yeah? Did you know that? Yes, I know that. Or if you didn't, I'm telling you. Psalm 27, 14. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage, and He shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. There's some passion behind that because there's an exclamation mark. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and He, speaking of God, will strengthen your hearts. Wait, I say on the Lord. Isaiah 40, verse 31, But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Is there a blessing on waiting on the Lord? Yes. Amen. <laughs> 
God is so radical, man. He's so opposite of our human culture. Culture says be fast. God says wait. We execute inquiring of the Lord quite well. But again, how do we do with the waiting part? How do we wait? How do you wait on God? You just sit there? We're waiting. No, you're seeking God. You have that heart of worship. You're praising His name. In fact, though, you guys, it goes so much deeper than that. The Bible says, be still and know that I am God. Know who you're, know who you're seeking. Know who you're, who you're coming to. It's the great I am. It's God Almighty. He is the one who you are sitting still and just like, you are God. You are awesome. I know you're going to be faithful and you're going to direct my paths. God, just, just spend that time of worship. But we get so stinking distracted, we, it just goes out. All these thoughts come in from the world, but man, Jesus was right on when he says, go into your prayer closet and shut the door and seek him. God is faithful and God will come through. Do you guys believe that? Have you experienced it? Because I could say it from the pulpit all day long, but if you haven't experienced it, then you don't know what I'm talking about. So I would encourage, I hope this puts a seed in your heart that you long for that. Like, man, I want to, I want to have God direct my path. So I'm going to sit and I'm going to be still and I'm going to be thinking and praising God and knowing that He is God and He's going to come through for me. Because once you taste it, you're going to not want to, you, you don't want anything else, but you want God. You know what I'm saying? So, Israel, going back to Judges, they wanted to fix their problems. And so, continuing on in verse 8, that's what, exactly what they're going to do. They're going to try to fix themselves. And they said, what one is there from the tribes of Israel who did not come up to Mizpah? Again, they're wondering, who didn't show up so we can go and kill them? <laughs> Mizpah to the Lord. And in fact, no one had come up from the camp of Jebesh, Gilead, to the assembly. Verse 9, for when the people were counted, indeed, not one of the inhabitants of Jebesh, Gilead, was there. So the congregation sent, sent there 12,000 of their most valiant men and commanded them, saying, Go and strike the inhabitants of Jebesh, 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 Gilead, with the edge of the sword, including the women and children. And verse 11, and this is the thing that you shall do. You shall utterly destroy every male and every woman who has known a man intimately. And verse 12, so they found among the inhabitants of Jabesh Gilead 400 young virgins who had not known a man intimately. And they brought them to the camp of Shiloh, which is in the land of Canaan. Verse 13, here we go. Then the, then the whole congregation sent word to the children of Benjamin who were at the rock of Rimeon and announced peace to them. So Benjamin came back at that time and they gave them the women who, whom they have saved alive of the women of Jabesh Gilead. And yet they had not found enough for them. And the people grieved for Benjamin because the Lord had made a void in the tribe of Israel. So stopping right there. So what takes place? They, they again, they sought the Lord, but they didn't wait for the answer from God. And, and they go out and they're like, who didn't show up? Yes, okay, the guys over at Jabesh Gilead, they didn't show. When roll call took place, not one was there. 
So guess what we're going to do? We're going to take our valiant men and we're going to go there and we're going to kill all the men. We're going to kill them all and we're going to kill every woman who has known a man intimately. So they go and they do such thing. But then they find 400 young virgins and they take them. But then they, and then they send the letter out to, I say the letter because that's what I picture. They reach out to the tribe of Benjamin and they say to them, hey, we want to make peace with you guys. Oh, okay. In fact, we want to make peace with you, so we're going to give you 400 virgins. Great for 400 of them, but there were 600 of them. 200 of them were left out. So they're like, what are we going to do? What's, what's going to happen? We grieve because God has made a void in all the tribes of Israel. Last time I checked, it was the tribes coming together to go kill the tribe of Benjamin. God allowed it. Anyways, so they cry out, what shall we do? The brain juices start flowing. Goofy. I say goofy because we can relate to that. What do we do? Let's start thinking, guys, instead of waiting on the Lord. Continuing on in verse 16 through 24, it says, Then the elders of the congregation said, What shall we do? What shall we do? For the wise, for those who remain, since the women of Benjamin have been destroyed. And they said, There must be an inheritance for the survivors of Benjamin, that the tribe may not be destroyed from Israel. However, we cannot give them wives from our daughters. Here's the oath again, you guys. For the children of Israel have sworn an oath, saying, Cursed be the one who gives a wife to Benjamin. They're crying to help them, but they won't help them. Interesting. Verse 19, Then they said, In fact, there is a yearly feast of the Lord in Shiloh, which is north of Bethel, on the east side of the highway that goes up from Bethel to Shechem on the, and south of Lebanon, Lebanon. Therefore they instructed the children of Benjamin, saying, Go, lie in wait in the vineyards and watch. And just when the daughters of Shiloh come out to perform their dances, then come out from the vineyards, and every man catch a wife for himself from the daughters of Shiloh, then go to the land of Benjamin. So now we're going to encourage them to kidnap. Verse 22, Then it shall be, when their fathers or brothers come to us to complain, that we will say to them, Be kind to them for our sakes, because we did not take a wife for any of them in war. For it is not as though you have given the woman to them at this time, making yourselves guilty of your oath. Verse 23, And the children of Benjamin did so. They took enough wives for their number from those who danced, whom they caught. <laughs> then they went and returned to their inheritance, and they rebuilt the cities and dwelt in them. So the children of Israel departed from there at that time, and every man to his tribe and family. They went out from there, every man to his inheritance. We're going to stop in verse 24. I know that there's one more verse, but we're going to stop at 24. Israel keeps coming back to their oath, their promise to God, which is a good thing, you guys. That's a great thing. We can't give them our daughters, but we got to figure out how to give them wives. The men of Israel were being good religious people by keeping the oath that they had made. They were obeying the law, but their heart was not right. They made an oath, because, and not because God told them. God never directed them to make this oath. They made the oath on their own. And because of this oath, 
they were holding on to it because that was the right thing to do. Yes, it is the right thing. So now you have Israel holding on to a, a commitment to God that God never asked them to do. So in a sense, they moved in the flesh. Israel chooses then to kill instead of, of going to God and saying, asking for forgiveness. They then choose to fix their right with a wrong. So they encourage killing. Then they encourage kidnapping. Does that make any sense? Two wrongs don't make a right. And so here, instead of just being real with God and saying, we should, we moved in the flesh and we, we cannot hold on to this oath because we are feeling so strongly in our hearts that this tribe remains, you know, they then choose these other crazy routes because it's what they thought up. Because here's the deal, you guys. James tells us in chapter 2, verse 10, for whoever shall keep the whole law and yet stumble in one point, he is guilty of all. So here they were trying to do one thing of the law, but then they went over here and they failed the other parts of the law. They're still guilty. Again, two wrongs don't make a right. And we can easily fall into that same thinking. We sin, but instead of confessing our sin and asking Jesus to forgive us, we try to fix the situation that we've created. Hey, I've sinned, so I'm going to go to church this week. I'm going to, in fact, I'm going to commit God that I'm going to go to church for a month. That should take care of it. <laughs> Guys, Israel messed up. They shouldn't have taken this oath. But instead of repenting, they got more involved with sin. And that's exactly what we can easily fall into. Admit when you're wrong. Admit when you're wrong and then move forward in God. Because here's the reality is that you're not perfect. I'm not perfect. But instead of playing the religious card like, oh, I'm, I'm doing so well in these areas, but then you try to stay, you know, you try to live your life and then you go off and you, you keep sitting in these different areas, but you think that you're alright because you're righteous and you do all these wonderful things in front of other people. Why don't you stop? Stop and ask God to forgive you and get right with Him. And just say, you know what? I've messed up. It's okay to admit when you're wrong. <laughs> In fact, there's a blessing with that because God's cleansing comes and you're washed. There's forgiveness. There's freedom in repentance. But sometimes our pride gets in the way and that we don't think that we need to. And so we just try to figure out how to get out of our situation. Well, the only way to really truly get out of your sinful situations is to repent to Jesus Christ. And then verse 24, you guys, or 25, in those days there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. And that's what happens when we don't wait on the Lord. When we don't seek God, we do what is right in our own eyes. And let me tell you, God has given you the free choice to operate in that. You can do what is right in your own eyes. Is it right? No. Because God wants us to rely on Him. We have freedom to do what we think is right. Why do we have freedom? Because God loves you. And He allows you to choose that way. He doesn't want you to choose that way. He wants you to choose Him but you have the freedom to do what you think is right. 
But as we have studied over these past few months in the book of Judges, how many times did the children of Israel do what was right in their own eyes, and how did that end up for them? Uh, destruction. And Proverbs says it best. There is a way that seems right to man, but it ends in the way of death. There is, there is a way that seems right to man, but it ends in the way of death. So what does that all mean? Great. They should have repented. They should have sought the Lord. They should have waited. I should have waited on the God. Well, God is a God of second chances and more. More than just second chances. He's more of a God of tons of chances, as long as you're breathing. Well, that tells me that I need to seek the Lord and trust in Him. It means that I need to involve Him in everything. Everything, even if you think it's petty, God wants to be involved because He loves you. Even if it's the smallest thing like going in the grocery store, God, prepare my heart as I walk through this store. Because you never know the opportunity that God has placed before you. You never know when God wants to change the agenda. So why not be prayed up in everything that you do? What are you going to lose? What are you going to lose? Nothing. If you're not, you might miss out on a blessing. Wait on Him, you guys. When you cry out to God, be patient, be still, and know that He is God and that He hears your cries. He hears your prayers. And I think that is just awesome because there's many times where I say, God, are you even hearing me? But He is. He is. And if you mess up, be quick to repent. Don't try to fix it. Let God fix it. Let God fix it. What a, what a great thing that is, huh? When you fail, and many of us do, and I do, I try, I'm tired of trying to fix it because I don't, I don't have the instructions according to my flesh. But I do have the instructions if I'm living by the Spirit. Why do these things? Because pastor is telling me to do these things. Do them because God loves you. <laughs> Do them because you love Him. Not because of what I say. I'm just sharing you what God has shared to me and what I want to do with Him. I want to seek Him. I want to wait on Him. I'm tired of not waiting because all it does is bring heartache, hurt stomach, stress, high blood pressure, <laughs> and a bunch of just nonsense. But why not believe what we sing? They're more than words, you guys. God is faithful. He is faithful. And remember all those times, just like how the children of Israel built those memorial stones of all the wonderful things that God had done for them. Go back in those times when you are just too anxious to wait. Remember those times that you did wait and remember how God came through for you in a mighty way. Because those times will carry you through. Well, that's all the time we have for today here on Grace to the Hearers with Eric Kluth of Calvary Chapel Coolidge. Don't forget to join us next time as we continue our verse-by-verse -verse study through the book of Judges. 
Now, as we mentioned at the beginning of today's program, we'd like to make available to you a free copy of today's message. We can send you a copy of today's message on audio CD when you email us at info at grace to the That's info at grace to the Or you can listen to or download the message as originally recorded at Calvary Chapel Coolidge. Just visit our website at www.gracetothehearers.com. If you can't get to your computer to download or place your order, you can always call us at 520-723-7047. We'll be happy to help you. Again, that number to call is 520-723-7047. Again, we invite you to visit our website at gracetothehearers.com where we provide helpful information about our beliefs, service times, and a convenient map to our church if you're in the Coolidge, Arizona area and like to visit us. We would also like to encourage you to prayerfully consider donating to Grace to the Hearers. We are continuing to expand our outreach. A secure way to give is provided at gracetothehearers.com. Click on the Donate button. Grace to the Hearers is the radio ministry of Pastor Eric Kluth of Calvary Chapel, Coolidge. Please join us next time as we continue our study through the book of Judges. That's next time on Grace to the Hearers. 